Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, podcast listeners, if you would like to support the show and be rewarded, head over to patreon.com slash Gilbert Gottfried. For just a small amount each month, you, the listener, can get some colossal benefits. Get access to new podcast episodes before anyone else. Join me on exclusive video hangouts. Get a shout-out from me on Twitter. I will even read your advertisement speech or manifesto on the show. Go to patreon.com slash Gilbert Gottfried. That's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Gilbert Gottfried. Thank you for listening and support the show for the love of God. Sorry for getting overly emotional, but the wait is finally over. Baseball season is here at last. The excitement continues all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Because I know a lot of you are afraid of commitments. Well, it's not that you're afraid of commitments. It's that most of you just can't get a date. Anyway, and also instant cash, instant gratification. Why wait until the end of the season to claim victory when you can win huge cash every day? I think I put in the H for huge. I usually say huge cash and humor. I don't know. At DraftKings, it's like a brand new season every time you play. Just select two pitchers and eight position players. Stay under the salary cap and you can be on your way to an enormous payday last year. Peter from Colorado. That's right. 
He's a guy, Peter, in Colorado. People in Colorado only have first names. It's an interesting thing. If you've never been there, they only have one name. Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings in one day just playing fantasy baseball. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you uh, have already cashed in at DraftKings. Now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code Gilbert to play for free. You can win part of the $300 million in prizes being awarded this season. Use promo code Gilbert for free entry at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. Did I say it enough times? Hi. Good morning. <laughs> you, you start. You start. I thought we were going counterclockwise. But we'll go start. We'll start going clockwise. Okay. Go ahead. Hi. Go now. Let's start. I think we've already have hi, so that's good. All right. So I don't need to say. I don't need to say hi. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santopadre. Our guest today is an actor and singer, yes, singer, who has appeared in dozens of films and TV shows, including the movies The Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, Sour Grapes, Gary movie and Cinderella Man. His TV work includes Wings, Murphy Brown, Mad About You, Ally McBeal, Sex in the City, Boston Legal, and Damages. He was nominated for a Tony for his memorable performance as Harold Hill in the Broadway revival of The Music Man, and most important, he feels connected to his Jewish heritage. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, our friend Craig Bierko. Okay, it's, it's, it's the person who wrote it, but it says resented, not, oh, not yes. connected. That's yes. Resents his Jewish yeah, heritage. Yeah, let's see, because I, I had read this at one point, and it's, I, I, had, I would misquoted it, as you were proud of you. How long were you misquoted? Yeah. You, you won yes. twice, didn't you? Yes. So, so you're not proud of your Jewish heritage. I am very proud of my Jewish heritage and claim it when it suits me, which, yeah. if you act, which, is, which sounds offensive, but the Orthodox, acts, they get it. They, the Orthodox gets me. I'm good for the Orthodox. Now, but your mother... I'm wearing Orthodoxers right you? now. Yeah. Your mother was a Jew... Yes, is and, a Jew. She's still alive. Well, hey, wait a second. But she stopped being a Jew. You can't stop being a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop being a Jew. I you wish can stop I being could. a Catholic. Oh God! There's always a closeout. Well, if Tom, our friend Tom Leopold stopped being a Jew and became yeah, he, a Catholic. Well, no, he's no not. If his mother's a Jew, then the the people in the synagogue we're all sharing a private little laugh at Tom's expense because you I see. can't leave. <laughs> you can't. And the cre- and it's the creepiest term mankind has ever invented. And of course, it's credited to the Jews in the eyes of the synagogue. 
Once a Jew, always a Jew. That, that was a back, sitcom. I started. Eyes of the, eyes of the synagogue? Show. No, no. Uh, once a Jew, always a Jew. Oh, Jack Gilford. Yes. Yes. And Bill Macy. Jack Gilford and Bill Macy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. They were both sloppy. They were both sloppy. And the network said, you know what? I, let's try something else. Let's, what if they're both neat? And then 12 years later, they copied the play. Uh, now, but, but your mother, born a Jew... Oh, yeah, right Which, out of the box. From the book, Born yeah. a Jew. Born a Jew. <laughs> that was another. Uh, that was Pat a, Conway. That was, <laughs> Pat Conway. Pat Conway. Really? Or Conroy. Conroy. The Conroy. Prince of Tides guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so she was born a Jew, out of the box, born a Jew. Yeah. And she be- out of the Nana box. Yes. Right out of, hot out of the Nana box. And she became a Roman Catholic. No. Uh, well, she, do you remember a guy named... Fulton Sheen, Bishop Sheen, oh Bishop, yes, sure. Fulton Sheen, who was yeah. opposite Uncle Milty on your New York yes. television, right? And he also, Fulton Sheen had a big dick, also. Is that right? <laughs> Much like Milton Berle. Well, you got it. He you had don't... a gigantic. Cock. Yeah, he had a big bishop <laughs> yeah. dick, didn't he? he? Had a big bishop, a staff, yeah, yeah, a big, big cro- staff, and a crook. He would pound the bishop every. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. well, who doesn't? Was... You got it. <laughs> yeah. He has a house that was somewhere around here. I think yeah. there was a big bishop. Bishop house. Sheen? Yeah. Really? But he was on TV and he was, my mother still says, oh, you, he was so handsome. And it's like, Jesus, that's what a confusing That's a time. way to shine your bishop with Bishop Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how you- See, we don't pay you, but we'll be sending you a, a year's supply of Bishop Sheen. <laughs> bishop Sheen. <laughs> Listen, ex- we, know, we understand you're leaving Catholicism. We will have a few parting gifts. Let's tell them what they got, Johnny. <laughs> they have Bishop Sheen. Clean your bishop with Bishop <laughs> uh, that actually, uh, my, my grandfather on my mother's side, uh, and if I gave you a million chances to guess his last name and literally offered you all the money uh, I had. Goldberg. Gumber, no. Gumberbatch. Yes. You'd never guess his last Talbot. name. Talbot. Not even close. And nothing you say. And if we were here until the end of time, you would never guess it. Yes. His name was Distillator. Distillator? Phil Distillator, who owned Royal Jackson, China. He used to distribute China all over the world, and then people were turning off podcasts all across the country. Right? <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, it's, my grandfather was very, very wealthy and said, well, if you're going to be Catholic, because they were Christmas tree Jews. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> which is, which is they, they, re- they never went to synagogue. There was never any of that. They claimed it. That reformed. was how I was taught. Reformed. Not, I mean, reformed, not, not, even. not even. It's reformed, and then it's you, whatever they were, and then Catholic. I see. Do you know, <laughs> see, because I was always the kind of Jew. I never, I wasn't bar mitzvahed. Never really followed the holidays, and I like bacon. So your wife, you're not your wife, your mother was, you married your mother? This is hard. When do we start? Have we started? <laughs> no, just about 15 minutes okay. ago. All right. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes. So all I was saying is that my mother converting was not a big deal in the family because, yeah. you know, they wouldn't even have to get a new tree or anything. They literally, they had a Christmas tree. They were Jews. That's how seriously they took their yes. religion. Uh, but they claimed it. You know, because you can't leave. It's like it's like the cousin Oscar. You can't leave. So, so, so is it kind of like if you try to leave Judaism? There's that one Jew goes, he'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah, there's another door outside. Yeah. It's like the Truman Show. There's like you think you're outside, but you're not. But she, but but he said, if she's gonna go Catholic, get me Bishop Sheen, and my that's the kind of power he wielded with the plates and the saucers and the teacups from Royal Jackson China. And my mother went. Down to, and I think it was around here. Some, yeah. uh, so, some, he had like a big bishop house, and he used to come down. And she, she would show up for her Catholic lessons, and he was like a big television. Tell them, tell them. Yes. Uh, yeah, Bishop Sheen. Well, you know, he was a TV star. Yes, he had a big show. 
Well, I didn't know it was opposite Uncle Milky. Okay, I could have done that. I yeah. just thought maybe you had. No, okay. I had no extra and he, information. And she used to show up, and then a butler would answer the door, and then he would come down in his robes, you know, and investments, yes. and uh, they would talk about Catholicism. And, and one time left. he opened his robe and he had a gigantic cock. Check out my. Yes. This is Bishop Schmeckel. <laughs> now, speaking of your parents. Now, wait, but your mother now is ashamed of being a Jew? <laughs> No. 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 You are? I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ashamed of you. He's ashamed of being a guest. Now, you have a large statue of Hitler in your house. No, I have a tiny little doll of Hitler, the Carrie Fisher. Yes, that Carrie Fisher yes. sent me. Ooh, name drop. Oh, yeah. did you ever fuck Carrie Fisher? No. No. Okay. No. no. Did you ever fuck Eddie Fisher? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm did fucking him now. Is it true? I was I was bequeathed his foreskin, and I'm wearing it now, so I am. Now, is his... it true you you would blow Eddie Fisher and and he would sing "Oh my Papa" while I stood, <laughs> and I had and while I stood in an Ann Taylor bag. <laughs> Can you sing? Oh, oh and my someone Papa. would and if you looked under in the bathroom, so yeah. say Ann Taylor, you go. Some gay guy has an Ann Taylor bag. Yeah, you've done a, a call. You've done a callback to the Perfecto Teles. Yes, uh, yes. Perfecto Teles. I George listen Maris. to every show. Yes. And when I say I, I mean my imagination. Now, is it Teles or Teles? <laughs> I never. I always said Teles. Yeah, he was the guy that blew um, George or, Maharis. Or George Maharis might have blown him. I don't yeah. know. How did? The, how does something oh, like that get confirmed? Oh, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. I was watching a rerun. <laughs> He's fondling my finger now. Oh, is that your finger? But, <laughs> okay, I thought something. Then I'll let it go. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I thought it was your cock. You have information uh, on Perfecto to I was watching uh, a rerun of uh, Route 66. Not a new one. <laughs> Not one of the, the new season. That had a different guy. Uh, so I guess they replaced George Maharis. That I didn't know. Where after he was blowing Perfecto Talese or to Perfecto Talese. Don't confuse it with Gay Talese, the author. Yes, yes. <laughs> or Tellis. I feel like we're in a shopping cart on a racetrack. Can, can <laughs> what, when is, is this the fucking show? I came in on a train from Osning. I live with my mother. I'm 50, by the way. Okay. okay? Yes. Can I tell you that? Yes. Oh, my papa, <laughs> oh. to me you And now the, now the shopping so cart, because it's on the slanty part, is just tilting oh, back and going, and it's slowly, slowly try to get rolling towards the middle. Here. To me you are so grand. <laughs> oh, oh, my papa, so gentle and so lovable. Is that the world you live in where the songs are just one note? Is it just one note all the way through? Sing the national anthem. <laughs> oh, say can you see by the dawn's earth? I don't know what everybody's talking about. It's a hard song to sing. Gilbert Gottfried hit it out of the park. First time, didn't even warm up. Now, now look. So you're ashamed of being a Jew? No, I'm ashamed of being on this <laughs> sub ham radio show that I came all the way exactly. in on a train. I paid twenty six dollars. They said, "Do you want the receipt?" I said. Do you know where I'm going? <laughs> I'm going to the end of the line. <laughs> They're like Grand Central. I'm like, what's after that? <laughs> I'm going to the, the end of the line. This is it. Let's work this on an my, extra. Hey, my swan song. <laughs> an empty pool. Well, that was a that was a traveling Wilburys. End of the line. Yeah, that's right. I love yeah. that song. Yeah, I like I like a lot of traveling. Me Wilburys. too. Yes, we're Jeff Lynn fans. 
Yeah, Je- big Jeff Lynn yeah. fan. Yeah, big Jeff Lynn. Loved Zoom. Did you like the Zoom? Yes, record? I did. I saw. And I you was and a, I. I was at a live. Uh, I was at the last uh, officially the one at concert. CBS Studios? Yes, I was there. I'm and, gonna look and, for you in the crowd. And, yes, and, and I'm in the what video. Was, what was that other guy? I can't remember his name. Pretty Woman. Who, Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison. I was gonna was, say Bruce Jenner. And and George <laughs> the Harrison. Other guy, yeah, the other he guy. He was didn't. in a group. I would like that. George would Harrison. Get a better response. George Harrison. <laughs> uh, I think say my papa. I don't think so. <laughs> but he stole. He stole it from Bye, Papa. <laughs> Let's get to an actual question. Sure. Now, speaking of your parents, is it true or bullshit that your parents gave you a middle name because they expected you to be an actor? It's the truth. Yeah. And your middle name is Philip. No, my middle name is Burt Reynolds. Really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow. Pronounced Chico. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, that is true. But both of my parents wanted to be an, an actor, but neither of them made a serious go at it. Uh, and they ran like the local community theater, the, the Harrison Players. Why is actually my this mom ran Rye, New York, where you're from? Yes, we lived in Rye, New York, and so logically, they she ran the Harrison Players. I have no idea why, but that but that was for a couple of years. So in the fourth grade, I was an extra, uh, not actually um, uh, one of the newsboys in Gypsy for mm-hmm. the uh, Harrison Players. But they did. Uh, they they wanted to be actors. I thought, listen, just in case, you never know. Let's not saddle them with you know a name like Bierko, which you know just sounds like you know doesn't sound like show business. So we'll give them middle names. We we'll give them a fighting chance. <laughs> so my middle name is Philip after my grandfather Philip Distillator, and my brother's is Lawrence. So he could be Scott Lawrence, and I could be Craig Phillips. So nice of him. That's the truth. So you could hear it right away and go, oh, that's a phony name. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, who did he blow to get in a show business? <laughs> so yeah. they, they sort of, they wanted you to be an actor? Or they were just in, no, in, they, in the, in the they, event no, they that didn't, you became one? No, they weren't. They were barely there. Uh-huh. Uh, they were, no, um, uh, they, they, they didn't want us to be, but they, it was, you know, I think my mom and dad, when they first got married, they lived in a building with Richard Benjamin and Paul Apprentice, and they used to hang out. Is that out, true? And I think wow. they thought, hey, we have similar hair. Cuts. We're attractive people. We'll be mm-hmm. actors also. And uh, but they really didn't take a, a real stab at it. My dad went into business, and, and my mother became a housewife. And um, and you know, the, 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 but but the, I guess it was part of their world. Then I don't know. I, it, it never really occurred to me how odd that was until uh, you know, right now. Now now <laughs> now let's talk What's about your middle name. I don't have one. My, Jesus, my, you my, must have been an untalented little child right out of the box. <laughs> yeah. Listen, don't even bother with yeah, the middle name. This bother. guy's never going to get an agent. Yeah. My, my full name is Gilbert Maury Amsterdam. God. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> so, they, so they really did know that you were yes. going to be a comic. <laughs> Who was the first comedian that you remember identifying with and going, oh, like, do you have <laughs> You mean gave you a, a an aneurysm? Yes. What? Who, who gave you like, I was, I was five years old. And <gasps> oh, Jesus. <laughs> chest pain's good? Are chest pain's good this early? Is that it? That's a good question. What comic what did you first spark I, to? Uh, let me see. I mean, I remember when, see, when I was a kid, they still would show the old movies on TV. Like the Marx Brothers and yeah, yeah, yeah. the Stooges, Jerry Lewis, right. I loved early on. And, yeah, Jerry Lewis was the yeah. best. And oh, so many. I remember, I remember the first horror film that I can remember seeing. What was it? I, I think 
I think it was Lon Chaney Jr. That's a surprise. And, and yes, of <laughs> course. My, my, I'm a big Lon Chaney Jr. fan. Uh, the Indestructible Man. Oh, I never. Oh, I don't. I have never seen. And that. it had Joe Flynn. I am. Oh, wow. With later being Mikhail. Of course. course. And all the Disney movies. And the bad Disney movies. And and I forget his name. Robert Shea or something. uh, You mean Inspector Henderson? Inspector Henderson. Robert Shane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was in that. Yeah. S-H-A-Y-N-E. Robert Shane, the House of Un-American Activities, went after him. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, he was a lefty. Yeah. I have great respect for him now. Yeah. What did you watch as a kid? You grew up... Around, so does, you're not even going to wander close no, to the crowd here. No, no, no he's I not going to question. He's well, he said he gave it to you. Fact, he gave it to you. In, Groucho and in, uh, in, Jerry Lewis. In, in fact, but I said, what was the first? Was there a comedian? And I, he just yeah, listed he's asking, people. He's asking you a question. Someone, <laughs> someone told me this. My other uh, crazy friend uh, Asherman. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He said when they were going after Robert Shane, the the producer of Superman said to them, I produce a show where every week there's a man standing in front of the American flag who stands for truth, justice, and the American way. So let's go fight each other and see who the public stands with. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I hope that story is true. Yeah. And if you look, his left foot's right in Chile. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which I think was, I think it's the Illuminati. I think there were some can, messages. Can we sent. talk about the well, dumbest yeah. fucking move you've ever made in your life? Uh, <laughs> Jesus, start something. Yeah, than, that's a jump. Than, other than this show. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the dumbest. Oh. Other than agreeing to this. Oh, I thought you said movie, but move. Yeah, no, move. Okay. Uh, yeah, you turned down the part of Chandler Bing on Friends. Well, he's, he's really no. going for it, Craig. No, yes. no, no. Yeah. This is a, this is a, this is a miscon- I'd like to clear this up okay. right now. I turned down. The role of Rachel. <laughs> I think because I said, I said, and listen, I went to school with Schwimmer, and I said, I'm not very uncomfortable with some of the inferences. First of all, he said, he said Rachel, it's, if, he's, if you have a Puerto Rican accent, it's fine. There, yeah. there are men named Rachel yeah. in Puerto Rico. And I was like, well, schmuck. So I went in for the meeting, and they said, okay, and there was a hair guy there. He's showing me this stupid wig, this like beetle, like comb over Bob Denver wig. And I'm like, what is? What are you doing? He goes. It's all right. You're not playing a woman, but you're Puerto. Re- if you play a Puerto Rican, your name could be Rachel. Just, just try the wig on and this dress, which is if you were Scottish, you'd wear a dress. So they had this. An hour later, I'm sitting there in a fucking dress with a wig, and and they got me. I'm in a falsetto voice. I said, I can't do this. <laughs> do you know who I almost am? I can't do this. And um, no, the truth is, they, yeah. they. I had a deal with NBC. Uh, the network, the television network. Yes. Oh, that. Uh, yes, yes. And I uh, confused. Uh, at the time, they had a network, yes. and uh, a- and that meant that uh, you know the, it was a holding deal. So they hold you. You can't audition for CBS or what's the other one? ABC. ABC. Fox was an upstart. Yeah. A new network. Uh, this and and they and they pay you a certain amount of money, and that means you have to do one of their shows. And so you, you go to meetings and people pitch you shows and you feel like a big shot because you're making as much money as a dentist and you're just sitting on your ass getting bored and you know, going to meetings. And then at the end of the season, that's when they roll out the really good shows. Now, I was choosing between a show uh, uh, that at the time was called Six of One, which later became uh, Friends, and another show called Best Friends, 
So I'm not a dummy, you know? Because they're not allowed to say, do this show, don't do this show, because they don't know what they're going to pick up, but they know which shows. Look, we got all really talented writers here, and we got a really talented writer here, but this show skews young, this show skews a little older. So they're not allowed to do that. So they're sending me a little message. Are you going to do, here's Friends, read this script over the weekend, here's Best Friends. <laughs> okay? So I read it, and Friends was a very, it's a very funny sketch, but... Honestly, my reaction was, it's kind of, uh, it's Seinfeld. It was Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. And um, the part uh, of Ross was taken by David Schwimmer, very good actor. I saw that. Uh, and, uh, and actually, I was very good friends with Matthew Perry, who figures in the story later. Hold you on. Had, he figures <laughs> in the story. You had done I'm a gonna, show I'm with I'll circle back. I'll circle yeah. back. But just keep yeah. that, put a pin in that name. Okay. Matthew Let Perry. Let me write this down. And Hank Azaria. And I took them out to breakfast. I said, have, I've got our show. Because we were friends, very tight, hung yeah. out. I said, and I want, this was before they cashed from. I said, I want to play Ross. Hank is going to play Joey. And you would be a perfect Chandler. And I did say this. Went out to breakfast. Yeah. They read the script. They liked it. Now, Matthew was doing a show. Uh, had already booked a show called LAX 2000. This is how long ago it was. 2000 was still in the future. <laughs> wow. and, and LAX, big popular airport, LAX. LAX 2000. He was a baggage handler in the future working with robots. And it was going to be hijinks. Now, this is like... Wow. Right? So that's... he. That's what the show he was – now, they shot the pilot, I believe, and I think they were like, action, they did a scene, and then the network went, of course not. <laughs> like, it was the quickest they ever made – decision they ever made. Like, he went, hey, where's the robot with the Samson? Stop it. Of course not. <laughs> we got five talking dog shows. What are you doing? So, so they stopped, and, and he was free. Now, I, in the meantime, while he was shooting that show, I – uh, had to go in aud and audition for friends and best friends. Now, I, you say, wait. If you were awake, wait. you would say, wait. wait. You had, didn't you I have a deal? I wasn't listening. <laughs> didn't you have? I know you're not, you're not even facing me. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't tell whether your eyes are open. Yeah. Um, oh, God. He's going to have work done to close them more. <laughs> close them more. So anyway, I... I so I had to go on an audition. I said, but wait, I, I have a deal. And they went, yeah, but we don't care. These are good shows. <laughs> uh, you'll have to audition with everybody else. And I'm like, then why do I have a deal? And they're like, exactly. And it's like all, the, all they do is just say fuck you in very polite ways. That's all they do. do we, you have a deal that makes you exclusive? Sure. What do I get? Well, you're exclusive. Pick of the shows. Well, what about the good ones? No, you got to audition for the good ones. Like everybody else, you might not get them. And then you got to give part of the money back, right? If you, it's ridiculous. So I have best friends and friends. I read them both. And I go in on meetings. I audition for Joey. They're like, and it's clear I, I'm not Joey. I'm like, Ugh, you know. Yeah. And then I audition for Chandler. Now, when I went in and auditioned for Chandler, my God's honest truth, I said, I went in and I imitated Matthew Perry. <laughs> you know? Which is, by now, you know, but you just sort of, you know, you hit a word that people wouldn't normally hit. I went to that, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was some, and I remember the moment when I got it. I was, there was some joke about, uh, I dreamt I didn't have a, uh, a penis. He said, he's at the Central Perk or whatever. Yeah. I dreamt I didn't, I didn't have a penis. And they, and they said, what did you have? And he said, uh, there was a, uh, a phone <laughs> down there, and it was ringing. And, uh, and they said, a phone? And I went, yes, sir. <laughs> 
I just improvised yesterday, and, I, and they all looked at each other, and I was like, I got the part. And I did. I got the part, uh, which was a non-event because I thought, shouldn't I just have the part anyway because I have a deal? But I, I had to win the part. I won the part. And then the next day I went and I auditioned for Best Friends. I thought, this is going to be great. They're going to they're just- <laughs> They're going to put fruit out. They're going to put fruit out. There'll be, there'll be a table with, you know, uh, tapas. I'll have, you know, there'll be a chef making omelets. And if I feel like auditioning, I'll, you know. And I went in and I met this guy, Alan Katz, who is the loveliest, funniest, sweetest guy. And this show was about a young father who's married to this great woman who, but, but he's a stay-at-home writer. And they found this unbelievably talented girl who'd never done anything from the Midwest. And I met her and she was, she was, uh, like nine or ten years old, she was so talented, I don't remember her name, because I think she left show business, you know, uh, because, this, you know, the, the pilot didn't go, and she didn't care. We, and, and she was so good, and we had such a nice chemistry, and I thought, I want to do this, you know? I want to do this show. I want to play this father. I want to work with this guy, Alan Katz. I really like him. Um, I like the people from Friends, but I thought, this just feels like Seinfeld. I didn't think it won't or will... I didn't, you know... That's the thing is after I said no, cut to me a couple of months later, Friends has replaced Christianity. (laughs) Crusades, thousands of years, biblical stories, people dying, entire countries flooded with blood, name changes of entire countries. This show comes along and Catholic people go, this is better. Everybody's like, there'll be this in Jewish people. Uh, and uh, and this it's features Jewish people. Yeah. It's all about Jewish people. It's, gonna, it's working. The plan is working. So, uh, but you don't know that. What you have is two scripts and a best guess. You know. So I knew from the beginning. Now it was weird because Matthew was freed up after you know, LAX two thousand <laughs> was freed up and went in and auditioned and he won the part. I don't know who he imitated. It would be I would be upset if he imitated me, quite frankly. But. But uh, the fact of the matter is, I really do remember going in and thinking, this is Matthew. And I did actually say, Matthew, we, Hank, we should do, all do this together. And uh, it ended up kind of working out that way. Well, Azaria uh, wound up on the show, too. And he later. ended up doing yeah. the show. Yeah. They, they offered me, you know, they were very nice. They, uh, they, they offered me, um, like, every, occasionally, you know, like guest star roles. I remember the first one was, uh, there was an episode where there's a guy who's talking I think he's one, of, he's one of the girls is going out with him, and he's talking to them, and he's got his leg up and his testicles hanging out of his shorts. And I said, I can't have the cast of friends. I'm okay with this. It's yeah. weird because I walk into restaurants. Now I'm the guy yeah. in Hollywood who everybody knows he passed on friends. Like I took a tumor. <laughs> like I took a tumor and bit into it like an apple going, what the fuck? Like I'm some lunatic. Why did you pass on friends? Like because it was just a pilot. You know, why'd you get on the plane that crashed? What are you crazy? Yeah, I could, I should have, I, well, I'm come to think of it, I should have just gone to Denver. <laughs> like, what, that's so crazy. But that's the way everybody thinks. I went into a meeting, because uh, I signed a deal with a, with a studio the next year, and I went into a meeting, and the casting woman started the meeting with, you passed on Friends? I was like, yeah, that's a nice start. That's how yeah, you started? That's a great opening. Yeah, but and, that's, how, that's Hollywood. And it's kind of like everybody knew 
Friends was going to be, be the biggest my, hit yes. of and, all time. And the, the, yeah. the thing is, I you know you can't regret something that you. you know, I, I remember regret having you on as a guest. I regret being yeah. here, and <laughs> I regretted it. And I'll tell you something: I regretted, I regretted, I regretted your birthday party, which was wonderful. And it was uh, this is oh, nothing was, against the party. That was a good party. There's nothing against the party, but while I, you know, you went around, we didn't really know each other, yes. which I thought, uh, you know, in ten years, the ten year difference, I'll be seventy. Yeah, yes. If I'm inviting you to my seventieth. Take me out. Something's wrong. Take me out. You know, uh, I'm sure you'll be 80. First of all, you'll be 80. You you wouldn't know it anyway. You'll you'll be sitting there drooling, facing the wrong way, uh, eating mayonnaise on your face. Hey, can you say, oh, my God, as uh, Matthew Perry? I remember. Uh, Oh, my God. Right? Yes. Very good. good. By the way, Matthew Matthew is a... Really talent. Uh, the second I met Matthew, we did a show called uh, called Sydney Valerie Burton with Valerie Burton Valerie Alley's triumphant return to television in yeah. 1990s yes. or something. And Matthew was like nine, and he was like 22 years old. And I I remember meeting. I re- have a very clear image, and he made me. That's my agent. I got to take. This. I might have a podcast. <laughs> and I'm doing it now. What do you? How do you think it's going? He's screaming. It's like Al. It's like sitting with Al Lewis being electrocuted. It's mind-numbing. I'll call you later. Oh, Get the fucking work. Do something. My agent. Yeah. Mother. Yeah. Um, anyway. No. Uh, you were doing a Sydney with Val- with Valerie and Matthew. And I met Matt. The the I met Matthew and uh, listen. I was twenty five and I knew funny people. Not a lot of but there were. But I was a big comedy fan like you. Like, I, I, you know, Marx Brothers, I grew up, and I, I said, this guy is amazing. This is one of the funniest guys I've ever met. It was, it was like, it was, he had such, I don't know what it was, rage or whatever the hell it is, but it was like um, barely contained anger, and he had learned to, he had this like very knife sharp precision dental instrument like delivery. And right from the beginning, I just thought, this guy's amazing. He's the he's the best thing on this show, which he was in the Sydney. It was the best thing on Friends. And if I got Friends, I would have gotten it imitating that guy. That's you know I I think he's one of the I think he's a gifted gifted and completely unique like and and you know it because by the end of that show everybody's talking like Matthew Perry. And then it was weird because. In three weeks, the country was talking like Matthew Perry. That was strange. And the only thing I thought is, you know, that there have been leaner years where I thought, you know, what would help right now is the four is forty million. Yeah, <laughs> that would come in handy. Is it always forty? A moment. It's got to be a moment where I looked at friends and thought, oh, because you know what? If I was in the, could you imagine? I'm, first of all, I'm a colossus. I'm like six yeah. five. I'm yeah. I'm like an inch under monster. You know, <laughs> I'm like monster. I think is six six. I'm well. I'm six four. Six six is monster. Frankenstein, yeah. you know, <laughs> with that cast, they're all, you know, they're tiny little pen people. They're thin little tiny pen people. I would have looked like a... Well, what happened to them? Guy. What happened to them offering you guest parts? Uh, you they, show they offered a couple. Ugly and I naked guy, something. something. No, no, yeah. no. Uh, I, I, they off, I, I, the one that I remember was, I can't be the guy with his legs open. With his uh, ball hanging the, out. And the cast of friends staring at my testicle just feels weird, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gilbert would have done that. He would have done that part in a second. Yeah. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Now, 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 this most importantly, <laughs> have you ever fucked Jennifer Aniston? Remind me. <laughs> now, I know the now listen, it's a talented cast. Remind me. Is she the one that I, whenever I have my hair set, yeah. I have a lot of magazines. Yeah. And She's I the one. How much, do you know, there's got to be more paper dedicated to Jennifer Aniston's life than, than the medical, than, her than hair. any medical yeah. textbooks. All, if you took all the medical textbooks and all the, the spiritual texts and added them up to next to magazines telling you about Jennifer Aniston, which one do you think would use more and, paper? And, and how many times have they used that term? I hate the term camp. Camp. Anything where they go, well, yeah, as a Jew, a, listen, yeah. you have an apple sensitivity. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Like when they go Camp oh Anderson and Camp Jolie. Oh, oh, I see. Or Which when they camp used to go Camp Jay Leno, Camp Coco. Do you hate portmanteaus as well, the, where they combine the names? Oh, yes. Bre- with yes. Bre- Brange- oh, Brangelina. All that shit. Oh, oh God. Yeah, horrible. All that shit just says we should have stopped. People are supposed to live till 30. Yes. We're running out of shit to do, so I we come also, up with camp this, camp that. I also hate baby bump. Baby bump. Yeah, okay. horrible. You don't like horrible. that. Horrible. That's in the pop how about, culture. How about canoodling? Canoodling, horrible. <laughs> milf. Milf? You're yeah. okay with milf. Yeah, no, what milf about gilf? I can't What about stand. gilf? Yeah, gilf. Gilf. Yes. Well, that's actually, that's, that's if fear. you're masturbating, you're gilf. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh, are you in camp? Are you, which camp are you in? Well, it's just, the, it's just a disturbing camp. You don't want a part of that camp. Now, let's talk about Cinderella, man. Let's go. Because you don't want to talk about fucking Jennifer Aniston. Why are you referring to her like fucking Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> fucking Jennifer. Who are you, Danny Aiello? Hey, which is, hey, how funny was that guy? Fucking Jennifer Aniston. Hilarious, that was a great episode, wasn't it? Secretly hilarious Danny Aiello. Two I mi- listened to that show minutes. and I thought, I want... To have lunch with Danny Ayo every he's so fucking funny. It can be arranged. And were you was, on that show? He, or was that before you were on? <laughs> <laughs> I have no memory of you he on that was, show. He was, he was punching me throughout the whole he show was, in that him. in that oh. real guinea way of hey, uh, hey. My mother uh, does that. Yeah, hey, <laughs> hey. Mother started going boom. Yeah, hey, I, hey, I, I said, Mom, I'm a trained, I'm a trained p- p- pretend boxer. I'll take you out. Yeah. Stop hitting me. I got reflexes. And like a- it was so he was everything. Every time he's making a point, he'd start punching yeah. me. <laughs> two, two minutes into the show, he calls Scorsese a dwarf. <laughs> he's like, oh, I remember that. Because the first Gilbert's first question was, who do you hate? 
And he just ran with it. He just had it was such a great episode. Kind of lit- and it was just he was just. And just, he read, read off the train that was, that was the best. He, yeah, because he used to be the dispatcher for the MTA. Oh, yeah, he read <laughs> the entire train. Schedule. We were thrilled oh, with he's that. Beautiful. Now, now, so uh, Cinderella man. And one more thing about yeah. Aelo. the movie Once Around. I saw two movies ever. Two movies. I went the following day oh, to see it again. Richard Dreyfuss was and Holly the Deer Hunter. Hunter. I was like, I can't believe because that movie was yeah. told in real time. Yes. Uh, and it was like that, but I, I went again because I loved it so much. And then Once Around, I was like, that was entirely delightful from start to finish. Did you ever see Once Around? And he I, is so funny. And that Danny Aiello is so brilliant in that. You haven't seen it. I've seen bits and pieces. No, is that where. You don't have to lie. Don't have to lie. Just that's, say you didn't where see it. No, no, that's where Richard Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus makes yes. a speech at one point at the wedding. That's, that's a right. Totally He's sort of overstepping his mouth. Danny Aiello does this one thing where he wakes up. Uh, oh God, I can't remember what he says, but he wakes. Uh, anyway, he's so brilliant in that movie. And I went back and I went. I just it. came to see this actor. I just want. I just wanted to spend time with this character again. He was so great. Yeah, but if you remember that episode, everything we talked about, everything, every, all the good work he did, he just drove it down. We said Moonstruck. He said, "Oh, what a piece of shit." <laughs> oh really? Oh, I like that movie. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. I like and I like anything he's in. He he's funny. He's in. Yeah. yeah. Now, Underrated. Why am I kissing his ass? Can he help me? <laughs> no, but you can have lunch with him at the Friars. I would love to have now, him. Now, God damn it. Hello. Angry Gilbert. <laughs> America's never seen this. Yes. Scorsese. Yeah. Get him up. Yeah. So, in Cinderella Man, you played Max Bayer. Yes. And and now... Ma- Max Bayer Sr., father Max of Jethro. Max Sr. Yeah. Yes. Who well, was, you say Max Bayer? Son, whose son would later be on Beverly Hillbillies. Correct. Yes, he would. Yeah. Yes, he would. Now... Buddy Epson. In the movie, Max Bayer is made to look really obnoxious yes. and like a mean guy. Yeah. And uh, but I heard it wasn't like that. Not at all. The more I researched, uh, which was which is my term for they sent me film and I looked at. Yeah. It. Uh, <laughs> I never stood up. I had somebody turning turning it on and off. I didn't. You know. I don't mean to imply I worked. Someone else watched it and you said yes, so. What my imaginary like assistant you? Keith said. <laughs> Listen, this guy's interesting. And I went, tell me something I don't fucking know. Everybody I play is interesting. Get me an egg. I love that you have an imaginary assistant. He's very good. Keith, bit of a prick. Lives with his brother. So we have a lot in common. So, so <laughs> you researched it, or Keith researched it. And, uh, I, and uh, he was tr- first of all, they tried to make this guy a movie star because movie star, he was so charming. And this was pre, like, heavyweight, every, you know, that the boxing industry wasn't, like, it hadn't been, you know, uh, what's his name? King with the crown. Oh, Don King. King. Don King. Yeah. King. That had all, so heavyweight fighters were just meat, still meat and potato guys. They'd fight. They didn't fight, like, once every three years. They fought, like, three times a week. Yeah. And they were, they're, they were just swollen people. You know, and they would, and the gloves were like closer to like isotoner mittens. You know, they were just something you had to cover your knuckles, and and you know, but just a little bit more padding, and uh, and these guys would really knock the shit out of each other, and uh, he and they would just they fight a couple times a week. He, you know, he was a fa- first of all, he was a fascinating guy. He was the, the Livermore Lip, and I think, and he. He got this strong right because he grew up in Livermore, California, and he grew up oh, he slaughtering kill, kill cattle with a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. Like you did. Where did yeah, you grow yeah. up? <laughs> Save you had the same childhood. <laughs> so, 
It was like watching Channel 9, only with I, a sledgehammer and a cat. Yeah, I, right? I, I ate a hamburger, so there it's you kind go. of... So, kind of just, so yeah. you know where this Similar. guy's... Yeah, you could get in yeah. this guy's skin. Uh, so, he, so he grew up killing, and he developed this right, and that was, you know, he did. He killed a couple of guys, arguably, because... <sighs> He hit them so hard in the head that their brain was hanging by a thread, and the next day they're having a conversation, and then they just went, uh-oh, and then they died. They did that twice. And one guy who died later and one guy who died he, in the ring, right? Scene, yeah. yeah. And there's, but, it was, but it wasn't instant. It wasn't like mm-hmm. he hit them and his lights mm-hmm. went out. It's, there's a moment where they're like, I think I'm, uh, you know, and then they die. Um, it's a scary thing. I forget what it's called, but he did hit the guy so hard his brain fell off, you know? And he went, they had discovered while we were shooting the movie that... He did go and try to warn him. He went out to where he knew he was eating, I think, and he said, "Listen, I don't want to. You got it. You're. I. I think he felt he was. He had like a rifle on his arm, and um, uh, an acting coach that I worked with. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, an acting coach I worked with came up with that metaphor, and I thought that was a really good. That's really good. It's like he knew that he could kill this person, and he did not want to do that. And he knew. I think when he went to the restaurant to talk to. Um, why am I blanking on the character's name? But uh, 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 Braddock. Braddock. When yeah. we went to the, when we went to the talk to Braddock, he uh, he was he really truly was warning him. But they played it in the movie. Listen, you needed to have a villain, and you have a formidable actor who you know America looks at and and is an icon, an avatar for you know uh, selfhood and strength, Russell maleness. Crow. Russell Crowe, uh, the guy who he's opposing, has to be you know formidable. So I, I, there really wasn't time for me to be charming and, and nice. I had to be a bit of a prick. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I understand that. Uh, I think there were, there were moments in the movie where uh, uh, I was allowed to, you know, fart out a little humanity. Uh, but I was very aware that uh, Max Bear Jr. would see this. Uh, and that, listen, who doesn't have father issues? But if somebody made a movie about my father and showed only the bad stuff, I'd have a problem. Did he ever contact you? Uh, He's a truther, by the way. Max Bear Bear Jr. Uh, No, Max Bear Jr. never contacted me. And I was told not to – he wasn't going to be part of the research, uh, which I understand. We were making a movie, uh, and this was a fictional account of a real event. And, um, uh, you know, uh, but I did read – he did an interview, and he he was very complimentary about the work, but he did have an issue with the way that his father was presented, and I don't think he was – Unright, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I'm. But he said. But he said he he took note of the you know little things like you know his fa- his his father would hit some guy and he didn't like to have sweat on his gloves so he'd always wipe the sweat off on his shorts. Little things like that. He said I he saw and was that was pleasant to see and feel like he was seeing his, his dad. That made me very proud. But you know the, the script and all that stuff was not. That's not my issue. Uh, I can't control any of that, how he's perceived. But I do, try, whenever I talk about it, I do say, look, it's a movie. And of course. Because this is, he was a truly charming guy. They did try to make, he was so charming and good looking, they tried to make him a movie star. He did a movie called uh, the, the uh, what was it, The Prize Fighter and the Lady. Literally, they were like, we need a title. We're opening. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's it? <laughs> they thought so little of this movie that they, were, they didn't even title it. They were like, the Prize Fighter and the Lady, put it up. Yeah. Uh, and it was called Prize Fighter and the Lady, and he dances, he sings. Yeah, by all accounts, he was a likable guy. Very, very, very likable. Yeah. But there's a big yeah. dance. I mean, his life story would be great. I think he, I think he, uh, he died kind of early. I, I, I still want to do something with, now that I'm a little bit older, I would love to do, even if it's a stage thing. 
revisit the character mm-hmm. and, and fill it out more and, and tell a story because he's a truly, truly uh, elegant guy before uh, the you know boxing had any of that. There was no Muhammad Ali. In fact, he fought Joe Lewis, and it looks you can actually see like two kinds of he fought Joe Lewis and and I think Joe Lewis beat him at Yankee Stadium, and uh, and it was like two different types of boxing meeting each other. It was like, did you ever see those Cabot shows with, uh, uh, with the comedians? Like, and Bill Cosby's on with Jack Benny. Oh, yeah. And you're watching. It, it's a completely unique moment. Jack Benny looking at Bill Cosby on television for the first time, and he's stunned. And he's under Bill Cosby's, you know, he, Bill Cosby's doing this bit about drumming, which is great. And you're watching Jack Benny see new comedy coming it's an amazing that's what it was like this box it was a I, different era i i did an episode of cosby and for some reason milton Berle stopped by at the set i don't the know actor? yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no milton Berle, a lumberjack oh well, he's yes, a good lumberjack yes. too and and <laughs> i i was standing there watching bill cosby and milton Berle talk to each other oh yeah and they both talked in shtick you know cosby would do like a long drawn out funny story and Milton Berle would go for like the quick laugh. Slap and the, him. Yeah, 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 slap right. him and do a buck tooth face with his tongue sticking out. <laughs> and it was it was like a lesson in two forms of comedy. Uh, it was are you ever afraid when these guys age that they'll be having some sort of a seizure and people and, oh, it's just <laughs> like the show. Oh, and well, it's just he's drooling, don't commit like this, we're just out at a rest. Well what two, happened? two comedians died dick sean oh, that's yeah. right and park your carcass oh, yeah. and the audience laughed and right. applauded right both when times. they dropped dead. well park your carcass who was albert brooks's uh, father yeah. and yeah. super dave dave didn't he, he die at a roast at but, a friday's yeah, roast and i think he sat yes, down for, in his for seat lucy yeah desi. lucy and desi yeah he sat down in his seat arnez and, and ball and then say. put his head down really quick like and they thought they oh thought it was he's a playing bit. it yeah he's so funny that's how you're gonna go the middle yeah. one of the podcast oh, yes. and, <laughs> and keep talking and Dick Sean yeah, that's not a problem we'll just applaud we'll be we'll be two <laughs> two guests in Can, does Gilbert smell funny <laughs> it's a bit of a, it's it, the smell keeps getting a little bit more but tart every, you you said you 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 had spoken about fighting with Norman Mailer. I, I met Norman Mailer. Yeah. I don't know yeah. who in your press office turned yeah. into a fight. I don't know what kind of. Okay. Oh, we got bad info. We got bad info from I'll beat the shit out of him yes. later. Well, he knew uh, a lot about boxing. But he was the one who's, who was talking about how fighters, once they, if they killed someone. Yes, yes. He, he, I, I, uh, Norman Mailer was there. That was truly exciting. And I, that was a moment where I wish I read. <laughs> You know, you got, right. you got, you're sitting there going, Norman Mailer, and everybody's like, Norman Mailer's there, and like, I'm in the movie, and he knows about fighting. He's going to talk to me, and I wish I had read anything he'd done. I wish Gilbert had read the notes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's how you charm. feel. That's the charm. Yeah. No, you guys have a, a, a Dean and Jerry thing. Now, now, <laughs> Not Lewis and Martin. <laughs> Thank you. Dean yeah, Jones. Different people Dean who jo- happen to be named Dean, Dean Jones and Jerry Van Dyke. Jerry, they've never oh. met, and there's no chemistry, but you're, the, you're them. He's Dean Stockwell. <laughs> Dean Stockwell. And Dean Stockwell and with Jerry, Jerry, and Jerry, Jerry Hauser. Jerry Colonna. Yes. <laughs> Jerry Colonna. Mm, it's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> what if they got together? Nothing? Let's go. Um, yeah. Now, 
But Braddock and and Bayer became friends. Well, I, yeah, or, there are pictures or, of or, them together at fights. You know, they would go and they'd hang out with each other. So that's why it's there's not going to be, I guess, Cinderella Man two. Yeah, you so, can't do it without Harold Ramis. Yeah. <laughs> I, agree. I hear Murray's interested. I agree. Okay, now now is 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 uh, Russell Crowe as big a prick as he's made out to be in the press? He is a. Bro- I'll tell you something about <laughs> Russell Crowe. I'll tell devil. you something about Russell Crowe. There are actors. There are actors who I believe they subconsciously superheat the environment that they're working in. And I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I'm not yeah, joking. Yes. And. They kind of um, create an atmosphere that feeds the movie, and that's what it was. There was, there was a. I, he was never outright, you know, any. He was. It was a. It was a very tense environment, and it was like I would walk in, and there'd be tension. I'd be like, "What? What cologne do I have on?" There's tension, uh, but it was. It was a natural tension. I never met him under any other circumstance. I'm sure if we were, listen, maybe if we do an Apollo 12 movie and we have to be stuck in a capsule together and counting on each other, he'd be a best friend. I'd be like, Russell, you got to stop calling. And it'd be like Newhart and Rickles. And I'd be like, I don't want to travel with you. We'll do the Sunshine like Boys you. together. Right. Yeah. We will do, we'll do the Sunshine like Boys to see together. That. We'll do the female outcome. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, but it was ten- also, it just fed the movie. It was, it was not without its challenges, but I also, it's the first time uh, I'd ever been, I'd ever spent that much time next to somebody who's a really huge star, and and I'm talking about somebody who they've got to have the, they got to build a little tunnel from the uh, the trailer to the auditorium where we're shooting because there are that many people hiding to take pictures. Like I've never had to deal with that, and I would imagine if I did, it'd be a little on edge, you know. And uh, and I have I've dealt with so little of that, but there were times where I was like, not now. <laughs> and the woman at Starbucks would go, I just am handing you coffee. <laughs> I'm just a person. I can't go to the mall. You know, yeah. I had to, I have to deal with that. I can't go to the mall because by the time I catch up to everybody, I explain who I am. All the shops are closed. <laughs> you know what it is? That kind of fame. That's what I have. So tell me again, because no, it's not the guy. No, was he not, not try, Was he not trying to create tension because of your characters? Was I, he trying see, to? I don't know this? because we never sat down, and, yeah. and he said, "Listen, this was there was a moment like that." But um, I, you know, I walked out of there, and I there was some interview where I said, "Because I think he had turned forty, and I was like the person who you know wasn't invited." I thought, "Oh, this is a thing," and he saw that and he was like, "You know, he's imagining it," which maybe I was. Maybe he is one of those actors who. Because I happen to think that someone like Pacino or Brando or Russell Crowe, any of these people, um, it doesn't. They're just good actors. It's the way they're that life coughed them up. Good actors, and some of them, like even if I just don't buy that the studio made Pacino, Pacino, I think the studio probably maybe helped him along or or buffed some raw edges. But I think the stu- I think basically acting studios mm-hmm. and teachers are a bit of a sham. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, they can, you know, not not all the way. They're very, very helpful. But when, a, like, the studio taking credit for a whole group of people, like, I, you know, even, I just don't buy it. I think they're when I went, I went to acting school, and uh, and and I went in uh, to Northwestern, and and I went in, and the people who were good on the first day who were the people who were good on the last day, and the people who were terrible worked harder than anybody else, and they were they were terrible. So but you- I've made it despite how bad I am. <laughs> 
you 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 don't have great respect for acting schools then uh i have respect for great acting teachers i think that's credible i think that's true and there are and acting coaches but an acting school where you go in for four years and you you study acting i just looking back on it for and i can only look i can only look at it uh, uh is it subjectively is um i don't i don't know i i you went to college. That's what you did where I grew up. But you, you went, went to for college, journalism. But everybody else – well, originally I went to journalism yeah. because Not- I was scared to go into acting. And I thought, I'll do the news. That's, that's in front of a camera. That's how stupid I see. Yeah. I was. We, we interviewed Larry Storch from the actor. F-Troop. The actor? Yeah, the actor. Yeah. And Larry Storch said he was friends with Buddy Hackett, the actor. Is this so going <laughs> yeah. so badly that you're actually? Yeah, he's bringing back like, old episodes. You, you're yeah, just showing yeah. clips from past no, shows. No, no, you so, can't afford the clips, so you're just going to talk. Yeah, tell the same so, story. So Larry Storch <laughs> said he asked Buddy Hackett. He said to Buddy Hackett, the comedian, that he was thinking of taking acting lessons, and Buddy Hackett said to him, "Taking acting like he is kind of like." Learning how to drive in a garage. <laughs> Interesting. I like that. One, the, the, I, the first show I ever did was a show called Our House. With Wilfred Brimley. Jesus, you're a freak. <laughs> Just how a, do you know that? I do research. Does he have diabetes, Wilfred Brimley? I don't care. I don't care. Because in care. the commercial, he claims he does. Okay. Well, you're, you're stopping your own show. <laughs> no, I don't I mean, care. The, the podcast arguably is, you know, you've stopped it, you know, but you're stopping within a stop. So just <laughs> let me help you. Let it's me help you. It's too late. <laughs> Do you know who I almost am? Let me uh, help you help you. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first show I ever did, and I, and I played opposite Bill Huddleston. Bill Huddleston. Did I come up with a reference? I know. Wait a minute. I know. I know guys? David Huddleston. We talking about David oh, Huddleston? Oh, I was wrong. David Huddleston. David Huddleston from Blazing Saddles. Yes. God oh. damn it. Oh, I was gonna be. I was gonna be like the Fonzie. Big Lebowski. Oh, shut up. <laughs> anyway, David Huddleston. He played my father in this episode. Don't mess with me, Beer. I won't mess with you. That was that was a knife fight, and I lost. I, I know cocky, shit. And I deserve this cut. I deserve the cut. Yeah. There's a cut man coming. I'll suture it myself. David uh, Huddleston, big fan. Yes, and he's and, and very very good, and and I'm so I'm between scenes, and I'm talking to Jeffrey with a G Huddleston. No, uh, Bill <laughs> Huddleston, and uh, I and he told me a story. I asked him about where where'd you study? Some stupid question like that. He said, uh, are, "Is it method? What do you think about?" He goes, "I'll tell you about method. Method is standing in a charcoal gray suit in a rainstorm while you." I'll start the story again. We're <laughs> gonna foley that out. You can't foley over gold. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, so he says, uh, "I'll tell you what the what method. Method is like standing in a charcoal gray suit in the middle of a rainstorm while you're pissing in your pants. It's a nice, warm feeling inside. Nobody knows what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> That's the greatest Michael I Huddleston imitation. You Michael heard. Huddleston. Yeah. Uh, I heard James Cagney." Had said that exact same thing. Maybe he was quoting so James Cagney. So this Huddleston was a fucking lying <laughs> prick. Huddleston, get his name right. He's one of the most important. Huddleston was a lying fucking prick. 
And James Cagney said it first. Oh, I still haven't finished the Bishop Sheens. I don't well, wait a minute. Let's, let's, go back, let's go back to Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> we haven't even turned the mics on, as Gilbert likes to say. Tell, go back to Wilfred Brimley. You did the you did our house. And he had diabetes, or he lied about having diabetes. You joke, you joke, but yeah. I but I don't care. Okay, I don't care. And didn't you go back to working in a restaurant after you did our house? And you were our house. You were afraid of I, something. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I I did the episode of our house, and uh, it was nineteen. 1988, mm-hmm. before the war, turn of the century. <laughs> um, gasoline-powered cars, yeah, yes. uh, telephones, <laughs> um, walls, uh, and uh, the writer's strike. Do you remember the writer's strike? Sure. Were you oh, in show yeah. business? 88. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, we had a writer's strike, and that everything shut down. And you realize, oh, there's no reason for Los Angeles to exist, because if show business shuts down, then nobody's sending flowers, nobody's riding limousines, nobody's doing anything. It's just rows of houses and apartments of actors jacking off. <laughs> and uh, that's all it is. One big booth. I do going, that with or without a strike. That's, yeah. <laughs> You've always been at home. Yeah. Second home. And, and I, so I decided, well, I, lines yeah, to do I went it. back to... Uh, What'd you say? He's cross picket lines to do it. <laughs> While he's doing it. While he's doing it. Um, they and gotten have, off on it. <laughs> he seeks big, out certain picket lines. Sometimes when I'm jerking off, there's a big inflatable rat outside. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you know I'm jerking off. When you see the large mechanical like lamp in the window. <laughs> you know, you joke and it's self-deprecating and everybody loves self-deprecating, but you were wonderful as that character. That big, the big air-filled rat. What movie was that? What was that? The kids love that movie, but the parents like it too because it makes points that are prescient. Did, did you ever fuck Wilfred Brimley? Uh, when was I not fucking Wilfred Brimley? <laughs> oh God! So when back was to- I mean, he was he was you know. What are, now, Wilfred Brimley will do something about her. She she was she was she was welcoming and distant. That was her charm. So back to the Our House story real quick. Yes. Uh, I've, so I had done one episode of a, of a show, and, I, and then the writer's strike hit. I came back home, and, I, I need, and I'm living at home with my mother, which is so funny because I've come such a long way because now I'm 50, and I'm living at home with my mother. But I, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, um, I, I had to get a job, so I worked at the American Festival Cafe, which is what happens to the ice rink. When people aren't skating, they put the thing down. Oh, 30 and rock. tourists come, right. spend a lot of money for a club sandwich, and because they're tourists and they'll never see you again, you don't get tipped. And so you've been trying to communicate what a club sandwich is to some, some German person, and then sweating your face off, running back and forth with a guy in the kitchen going, What are you taking over with our french fries? Yeah. You fuck! You fuck! And, um, and then running back out and going, it's, I'm, fries are coming. And they're going, Klaus, Klaus, Klaus. And then they leave and you get no money and then you're depressed. And I thought, I look like an idiot and everybody's, it's that guy from that episode of Our House. That was my fear. <laughs> Somebody was going to have seen Our House yeah. and recognized it. Didn't you. happen. It wasn't a problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I, was, I, was, I was 22 and I thought, well, it's over. I peaked. The, I, I'm not even going to get like a Jack Palance westerns in Europe phase, uh-huh. you know. It's like <laughs> no, Leone's this, not going to yeah, call. I just got a plane ride home. I got kicked out of show business, and I'm giving German people club sandwiches. <laughs> Who are you? I know you're. I know now, you from now, somewhere. Now, you you were in an 
absolutely horrible movie. Oh, uh, I was working? Written, <laughs> written by Larry David. You didn't – now, you thought that was horrible? I thought Sour it was grapes. horrible. Yeah, it was Why did bad. you think it was horrible? It wasn't funny. Oh, I don't – was that me? <laughs> it sucked to high heaven. Hey, Larry. <laughs> yes. He, he, said, he said his ears were burning. You, you, that's right. Yeah, I'm talking to uh, Frank Santo Padre. He finished, your, he finished the name when I said it. Oh, Frank Santo Padre and Gilbert Gottfried. Gottfried. <laughs> no, two T's. Comedian. Came up with him. The improv, right? And, and, He's uh, written for him. Were you the improv or were you, you know, the comic den? Which one were you? What camp? What camp were you? Anyway, the phone bit's over. Okay. That's my you've brother. both uh, you've both had uh, Larry David write for you. He ha- he wrote a what pilot he, what, for what, I, I oh. was in a pilot oh. called Norman's Corner. Yes. Oh, okay. It's almost as funny as Sour Grapes. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: if, if Sour Grapes, I agree that Sour Grapes kind of missed. Weber and I were like, "This is going to be like the producers. Buckle oh, up, yeah, <laughs> buckle up." And whenever you know, because because uh, this is. You know, get it, get all the mall walking in now because those days are you gone. You are never going to walk in that movie. There's some good moments. Can we use that on the one sheet? Yeah, take it. They have their moments. <laughs> but uh, you know what? When I read the script, and if you read the script, it's laugh. It was a giant funny on every page. Somewhere in the cooking, and I and I lack the self. Uh, the the ability to look at myself to blame myself so it can't be me two but, very uh, funny guys you and Steven I don't know what it was you know I do know he directed it and there were you know maybe maybe he he shouldn't have directed it I don't know I do know that these <laughs> I'll tell this story but the, and I don't remember his name but um, he did tell me that he chose the cinematographer he interviewed a lot of people and chose the cinematographer because he was the shortest one and felt he could lord over him it's <laughs> <laughs> a good reason. <laughs> Also, he's, after the first day of shooting, he sat down with me alone. He went, listen. And I didn't, oh, God, I'm fired. He went, listen, I'm going to start chewing with my mouth closed because I'm 50. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I still chew with my mouth open. Look. And he did. And then that was what he wanted to talk to me about. <laughs> oh, God. And he was 50, and I'm 50 now. Well, and you know what? He had created Seinfeld, and I'm living with my mother. <laughs> Well, wait, so there's that. It's like speaking you know, of Larry David, you made another film that Larry David was in. You made the three. You were in the Three Stooges for yes, the Farrelly Brothers. Yes. Yes. What would you like to say about that film? I enjoy. Well, first of all, I enjoyed the movie very much. I thought if you, if you're going to, I don't know about recreating something like mm-hmm. the Three Stooges. Well, Gilbert and I, I, I talk about that movie. I mean, the three guys were great. They were. They, they were, were amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to see. I saw it once. I saw it out of context, and I saw it on opening day, which bumps it up. You see something. You or the or the the uh, premiere. You see something with the premiere. It's already like forty percent better because everybody's like this. It's good, yeah, good, yeah. good, good. And uh, and I remember enjoying it, but I do remember when I walked on the set. Uh, they I knew I knew Sean, but I and but I didn't know the other two guys. And they said, when you walk on the set, it's going to freak you out. And I went. Okay, that's a cute, that's a cute thing to say. I'll remember that for when I do Cavett. Yeah, <laughs> or this it's good panel. It's a good yeah. panel. Uh, but listen, I walked on the set, and they were just guys dressed as the Three Stooges, and they they snapped. They'd been working together for a couple of weeks before the movie started. Uh, they went into it, and I was taken aback. 
And when you're, and I don't mean taken aback, like taken aback. I mean like when you were literally taken aback, when you're literally taken aback and you take a step back, that's what I took a step back. I was taken aback. Yeah. And it was really, really weird. I know Will Sasso who played uh, Curly uh, said um, he, he, the way he did it was he just imagined Curly like working a marionette. He said it was very clear. He's never, ever done that before. Uh, it was strange. I don't, I never really talked to them about it. I just thought that's, I, I'm not a huge, huge uh, three. I was more of a Marx Brothers guy, but um, I loved the three series and I was very, very aware of them. And, you know, I was, I stayed at home and watched kid, uh, television. That's all I did as a kid. And I, so I was, I knew the, the th- and they had it down. The three guys were, were they uh, were amazing. I just yeah. think great, great, making great a movie mimics. about something that's already burned. It's, it is sort of like if you recast Blazing Saddles and just said, we're going to do, yeah. you'd be like, first of all, you'd be like, why? Yeah, it was a tall order. It, yeah. they got those guys, but it was done with a lot of love. I think they, they, you know, listen, nobody sets out to make something, but I remember we were. You were the, you were the heavy. I, of the, I, I don't, film. you know, even when we made sour grapes, there's some things that they just don't cook, but everybody is there and everybody's scared. And, and Larry David, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm sure he's very happy to be the wealthiest man in the world, but <laughs> I think what he really cares about is. The next thing he does that it's that it's funny that he's doing that he loves that, and uh, so he there was no cockiness and he was ver- working very hard and uh, you know uh, it just didn't cook for some reason it didn't cook right and uh, but I I don't know why but the script I mean I'll give you the script the script is laugh out loud funny I would like to read it I, I, and I hope he makes another feature well, yeah I didn't like the Three Stooges movie. I know. Yeah. I'm getting that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can I <laughs> you tell know you something, something that I was going to be my guest? Okay. I'm sorry I brought it up. I no, no. No, you're not. <laughs> this is that yeah, kind of yeah, show. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. This is the kind. This is I what. Th- he would have preferred it with Sean Penn in the Larry part, I think. Yeah, it was originally going to be made with Sean Penn. Funny. Yeah. Sean Penn as, as Larry. Funny. Go ahead. Who else? Benicio del Toro Funny. as Mo. Right. Get funnier. And Jim Carrey as Curly. Which the, the thinnest man yeah, in the world, yeah, thin yes, and tall, yes, and funny, and angry people. Yeah, I, I they, thought they smoke. I thought they're it, angry. It would have worked that way. It's just like is the mom. weirdest film ever made. Type of. Thing. It's like an Ed Wood the, the, the production. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, that yes, that yeah. just recasting it and reshooting it. That's that would be entertaining. Yes. I wish they would do that with certain movies. Yeah. You know, uh, it would be great to see something like, uh, you know, The Swarm. And just keep, <laughs> if show business was just, if The Swarm, which is, <laughs> what a reference. The Swarm, which is, do you remember The Swarm? Even oh, as a little kid. Michael Caine. You're like, I think they're just blowing, uh, they're just blowing styrofoam black chips. They don't yeah. even look like they're flying. It it's just like they hunks put, of chips that just. It looked like they they made dots on the film, <laughs> like with a pen. Right. They just they had someone like, shooting over. They had someone put ink in their mouth and spit it on each frame of film. I think it was, I don't know, I would go, but it doesn't look like a swarm of anything, and yeah. I've never seen a swarm oh, of anything. It was, it was, but yeah. you looked at it and goes, I'll tell you what a swarm looks like, not that. <laughs> and because it was, it was just, it, they would go, <clears throat> but an all-star Anytime cast. you saw them moving, they would arc and then shoot towards and, the ground. And it sounded like some guy in a mic going, <laughs> Well, that was Henry Fonda. That was towards the end. He was just passing gas. <laughs> It was his colostomy bag and oh, a yeah, tiny little hole in it. That in was his swarm. You're right. Yeah. Just Kath- awful. Catherine Ross <laughs> and, and Michael the, it Cain. was 
it was just ladies and gentlemen, bees and people who aren't dead yet. <laughs> like, just we didn't have the love boat. They were like, Gloria we need Swanson to keep these people walking. This, uh, just keep them walking. Is she in there, or am I thinking of the airport? One of the Gloria, Gloria Swanson. Oh, I don't. Turns oh, up and or Olivia, Olivia oh, de Havilland. One of them's in the swarm. Oh, but those, I have to look it up in the airplane movies. Uh, the uh, airport movies. Yeah, oh, like they're yeah. not. They're not. Do you know Irwin Allen? Do you know that Airplane wasn't a? Uh, it wasn't a parody of those airport movies. It was movies. a parody of it, Zero Hour. Yeah. Zero hour. Yes. That. I I remember. Let me get, let me say one thing that yeah. you don't know. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Okay, I got my mother's listening. <laughs> now I remember catching Zero Hour on the Late Show, and it really is the exact same script. Yes, they yeah. did. Yes. It, even the fish—they're poisoned by the fish. Yes, and and I gave up the wrong day to quit smoking. That's the hilarious. You know what I've been looking for, and I can't find anywhere is, and I and I, uh, I and I did uh, scary movie four, not the stage yeah. production, I did the movie. <laughs> not I, I was there. I saw Glenn yes. Ford do the original on stage. <laughs> the one with Surrey and, and a sex kitten named Lee Grant. It was her yes. opening night. She did. Then she loud Broadway. Lee Grant was in the swarm. Was she? She was. Will I was Will. in love with her. And Airport seventy seven, the movie. I don't know who did the play, but I saw <laughs> um, uh, Airport. 77 with Lee Grant. I thought, that is, that woman's sexy. And that was like the original MILF. I just thought, oh, yeah. beautiful, so sexy. That's the one with Jack oh. Lemmon and uh, Jack Lemmon with Jimmy the mustache. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had what? marital problems yeah, and pull, then he ended pull. up in a plane underwater. Right, they put that's, a plane that's up from the underwater. message. Right. Now, the funny thing with Airplane, <laughs> it's based on a film nobody. Zero remembers. Hour. Which, yeah. if you watch, you're like, it's as funny as Airplane. Yeah. And it's based on a film nobody has to know about Zero Hour to laugh at Airplane. And yet, everyone trying to do a satire after Airplane, it, they want to make it exactly like a movie everybody knows about. Yes. Did, I, I don't know how that – have you ever worked with them? The, the, the Zucker no, brothers? No. Of course not. <laughs> I knew that. Uh, but, they, but they are top of the line. So yeah, let me yeah. – no. But they, but they had like a Bible and they of this comic Bible, which is – Basically, the rules and and all the the movies that copy that, you know, like The Exorcist, movie, oh, like yes. all that. They and even the ones that, that Leslie Nielsen did, like they had these rules about jokes that you're like, oh, that's right. But these they these other movies, you can see them breaking it left and right. Like you know, if there's a joke, if two people are talking in the foreground and something stupid's happening in the background, they had rules. You know, you can't they, they can't be talking about anything that moves the plot along. Obviously, because the idea is they got to be. Looking yeah. at this thing, so you have to just have chatter that um, no funny names. You know? Oh yeah, well that was yeah. all kinds that of was stuff a, like that. But there was stuff that was more complicated. That was, was one of Lorne Michaels' rules when they launched Saturday Night Live. They called it the Walter Crankcase School of Comedy. Oh, God, yeah. No funny, no yeah. funny names of you know the news anchor doesn't come yeah, on. Big wigs, funny guys. Right, right, right. These, these satires used to hire Leslie Nielsen. Figure, well, right. we'll we'll hire Leslie Nielsen. We'll make it a parody. Right, repossessed. And, they did yeah, the exercise. Oh, right. horrible. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Oh, horrible. And, and, and he was in one called a 2001 a Space Travesty. Yeah. Horrible. Well, the one That's for Brooks, like, the, the yeah. Brooks one isn't any good either. The Dra- oh, Dracula oh, Dead no, and Loving. No. I mean, yeah. Airplane and, is such a funny title because it's so it's such a secretly awkward word for the title of it. It's, it's close to airport, but airplane yeah. sounds so stupid for some reason. And, and they started doing stuff in, in these satires where they'll go, well, we'll dress someone up like Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. in Titanic. We'll make it look like he's on the Titanic, and he'll and everyone will laugh because – 
they saw the Titanic. Yeah, when really, and that's what just we're go doing. see the Titanic. Yeah. There was a moment in Titanic. I thought every I saw a Titanic with, with a buddy of mine opening day with the the Zigfield packed, and everybody screaming, and it, I thought everybody was having the reaction I was, which is the boat sinking. He just grabbed a hose. <laughs> he grabbed a fire yeah, hose yeah. and he's going to fight water with water yeah that's what I said and everybody's screaming and laughing and I just assumed fighting what is this is ridiculous and the person who was in front of us turned around and said I hope you're satisfied you ruined this movie for us <laughs> You ruined the actual Titanic said, disaster. I, listen, this is one movie I didn't ruin. I'm not any. I'm not in that movie. Yeah. I didn't. I'm not in that. I didn't. He said, "No, you're talking, making smart remarks." I said, "Somebody making smart remarks. Yeah. Somebody." And every and everybody was like, "Yeah, what? Why are you? Why were you making jokes? The boat was sinking. The boat was sinking." Yeah. What they what? were? These two people were in love, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I felt like I was in like the Planet of the Apes, or so I really was looking around, going, "So they're all apes." They're all apes. <laughs> they're all apes. Yeah. I was hoping the two of them. And I think he's an unbelievably talented director. But now let me finish. James Cameron. James Cameron. And easy to work for. Actually, to, actually you know, stunning to look at, unbelievable to look at. And Terminator 2, one of the movie. Hey, uh, you just, you just said a, a punchline of an old show business joke. Two agents are talking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One Which says, is great. So now you're going to tell yeah, the joke yes, and drive yes, the three people yeah. who are listening. <laughs> Further away from their podcast machine or whatever the fuck you listen to. They had dials to turn down. Yeah. No, I'm tired of listening to Can you. I tell you something? <laughs> Can I tell you something that your wife loves you very much and there's no such thing as a podcast and these are made of chocolate? Do you understand that nobody's hearing this? And that your parents pay her a lot of money to keep you off the ledge? That that's what's happening? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me the setup. Okay. Jesus. What's the joke? <laughs> two, two agents or two producers are talking. One says to the other, you know who's the biggest bitch in Hollywood? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep has no talent. She's mean. She's stupid. She even smells bad. And she fucks everyone in town. And the other one says, hey, Meryl Streep's my sister. And the other guy says, let me finish. <laughs> You know why you're a genius? Yeah. Uh, can I, may, I, may I? And I don't, I don't uh, normally. And yes. people throw that term around. Yeah. And I'm, one of, them, and I'm not, one of them. Not me. And I'm certainly throwing it around now. You're a genius because even though people saw the punchline coming, as far as you know, they stuck around to listen to you tell that joke. And that's why you're a genius. And I'm throwing that term around just like anybody. Oh, God. Do you want to talk about the music man? Or the no, I, I, I was never in it. No. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What would you like to talk about with the time that we have left? That between the music man and the Cinderella man, that's, those and are the two of the gayest sounding superheroes I've ever heard of. And I'm not even clear what either of their powers are. What are you doing? Oh, look at this list of names. Go ahead. Go ahead. Card. Gilbert's going to ask you. Here, Gilbert. We're going to ask you oh. about working with some of these people. Podcasting. Go ahead. All Hashtag. right. What was it like working with or fucking Dabney Coleman? <laughs> We don't have a lot Which, of time, so try to, to start. Try to condense, condense it. it. Yeah. Um, learning. Learning. <laughs> Go ahead. Learning. Gentle, gentle yet firm. Learning. Uh, a discipline. It, discipline administered uh, over long, long, slow, aching, yet uh, hygienic. 
experience. Never... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Next name. What was it like working with or or, or eating out Larry David Cheshall? <laughs> we, we can cut out that last part. N- what? <laughs> the, the... I stole that question from 60 Minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, we covered Larry David. We covered Larry, we David. Covered we covered Larry okay. David. We covered Larry David. And he's, by the way, he's a genius. And people throw that term around, and I'm throwing it around. He's a genius. You should go see his play. Fish in the plays dark. live on stage. We'll give Larry a plug. Yeah. Okay. What was like getting out Bob Newhart? Now she is she when she came up. Now she came up with Don Rickles. Now those two were like it was like they were roommates. They had a little. They had a little. They lived in the village. And they had a little. Uh, you know, and they'd go out and they'd go to parties to be seen. Um, <laughs> you were in Newhart. Yes. The second. Oh Newhart. God, constantly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> constantly. Well. Now, it now, was all about, you know, we didn't have anything to talk about. Yes. And I realized, you're not talking to anybody. Why are you always on the phone? You never talk to me. And he's work, he said, I'm working on material, but he didn't have a co-writer. I said, that's funny. He said, okay. And then... I heard that... that he stole it from Shelley Berman. Is that yeah, what you're yes. Oh, I knew yes. he was going to go there. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Shelley Berman was angry at Bob Newhart for, for stealing yeah. the phone bit. But uh, which I, is kind of funny when you say, people talking on phones. <laughs> George, that's what I. That's so, and Georgie Jessel used to do yeah, that. They did thing. it first. Hello, Mama. This is Georgie. <laughs> but they didn't have phones. Yeah, 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 yeah Georgie. Well, I would. Yeah, your I son. Would, yeah, the one that sent you a check. Did you address it? Did you ever address it? Uh, no, no. I'll ask him about it at dinner. I'm not. I'm not clear about that. Go ahead. Do you remember Georgie Jessel's big hit song? That was one of the albums that I was thinking of giving you. Oh. Uh, one the bright the and shiny light that taught me wrong from right, I found in my mother's eyes those very tales she told of streets all bright with gold. I found in my mother's eyes just like a wandering sparrow, a lonely soul. I walked over until I reached my goal. My. We should point out that Craig brought a gift. He's one of the only guests that actually brought you a gift. Milt Kamen. Yeah, he brought, and you, then brought you a Milt Kamen album. Let's ask quickly about the Music Man, since you're talking about music. Meredith Wilson's and Music Man. You told me once that you had to audition for Meredith Wilson's Widow. That's right. To get the part. Oh, yeah. And, and what was that like? Well, because you were going to be... Have you ever seen Nunfuckers 3? Because <laughs> uh, you were going to be compared to... This time we're Catholicin. Uh you were going to be that's compared gold. to Preston, no matter what you What's did. That? Yeah, because that's the I man, it, yeah. and it's such an iconic part. I, I was. Can I tell you something honestly? First of all, she she was uh, formidable, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I had yes, I had to fly out to Los Angeles. She pulled up in a. She was being driven in a, uh, a Rolls Royce, and just sat down with her prim little Nancy Reagan suit and went. <laughs> And I sat there in a rehearsal room, and she, I went. So she, and I said, I don't know why I did this, but I, I guess I needed to. I, I listen. I need to control this room, and I'm. So I just said, <laughs> "This is from Pippin." 
<laughs> and I started singing Corner of the Sky. And she, uh, this was not an ironic lady. She just was staring at me. But I, I, that was what I did. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just, for some reason, I was like, I own the room. So I just did what I did. And I, you know what? I was ready at eight. I listened to that album over and over and over again, and I was ready to go at eight. I learned the lines because I needed to learn the lines, but every song I had in my head, and um, there was a lot, you know, like, it, it, I, my timbre was like, that. But the way I auditioned was the way I did it, pretty mm-hmm. much. And you, I, but there was always a little bit of pressing in, the, in your performance. Of, I mean, but you, be, and there was a part of me that went, I wonder if I should break up and do the, you know, uh, do just make, and I thought, why? Like, like this is the way I. This is why I love it so much. Right. This is kind of what he made right choices. I don't need to go left. So a little homage is okay. It's better to you know. So, the, but you you also can't you 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 can't imitate uh, in through a show. You can't do that. You have to connect. So the most important thing was I didn't think about what it said. That's I sang it and that's what came out. Uh, if I sang a Beatles song, I probably sound. I'd sing it like Paul McCartney. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the the first time I. It would be very sad to hear me try to do that. But that's the way people know the music. They love. It, you can't separate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, what I I knew what I had to do, and I I know for a fact the reason I I got it was you have to put you have to ground the character, and he ha, you he, they really have to be in this situation. The show doesn't work. If it's just a collection of really great songs, it has to be this. If this guy doesn't take go with this girl, if he doesn't realize that he's a snake, that he, they're both going to spin into space forever. They're going to just be lonely for the rest of their lives. If you if you don't actually create that, and Rebecca Luker played Marion, she was brilliant. Uh, and if 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 you don't have that connection and that isn't at stake, people won't watch it and it won't do well. And I think the reason the show was good was because Susan Stroman was. She she directed the show very well. She didn't like reinvent it, which they've done on Broadway, which is mm-hmm. almost always a mistake and terrible. And uh, but she did the show uh, was very clear. Said you can't wink at the audience. That's in the script. You can't be you can't be Chevy Chase doing this. It has to be. You have to play it for real. And um, also something had happened in her life. Her husband was supposed to direct it, and he passed away. And uh, she m- mourned it. And she's within the year took it over, and one of the most amazing things I've ever seen was she was directing Rebecca Luker. You know that song, Goodnight, by someone, Goodnight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That song. And it was just Rebecca and she and me in the room, and Rebecca was singing the song, and Susan Stroman just stood up and said, will you excuse me for a second? Went outside, came back ten minutes later, eyes were beat red, and she went, I apologize, continue. And I thought, shit, I'll never, I can't fuck off at all. I can't screw around. She just lost, she's mourning her husband. This song is just about one day I'll find the person. She did, he died. She's heartbroken and directing and working. I have, I got nothing to complain about ever. I better, I better bring it. You were good in the part. Thank you, thank you. That's all? That's it? <laughs> you were great you were in, the good in the part. You were great in the part. That's it. I, I, know I came know. all the way from Austin. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, I don't care for anything. No, I know. You didn't hear any of that story. You know you snore? No, I would stay. (laughs) Listen to the story when you, if you, do you listen to the podcast? I don't recommend it. But if you listen to the podcast, if you ever do have trouble sleeping, which you clearly don't, listen to the podcast. You snore through the whole thing. It's okay. I learned to talk around it. (laughs) We're going to wrap it up. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. But before we go, Uh, let's start. (laughs) I have to ask you about bathing with Bierko. 
and John Malkovich, <laughs> yeah. which uh, I'm going to say to our listeners, you can find online. Look for it. It's hilarious. How come you only did one episode, and how did you get John Malkovich to, to sit in a bathtub? Well, that I, can't, uh, that I can tell you that we, we shared an agent. Uh, oh, and that was a no. <laughs> um, we shared an Asian. No, we shared an agent, and the agent said, how about John Malkovich for this thing, Bathing with Beer? Because it was just an idea I had. And I'd been walking around with this idea for years, and uh, I just thought, well, uh, let's do it. And um, uh, I told my agent, she said, what about John Malkovich? And I went, okay. She said, I'll call him. He's interested. He'll talk to you. You go to the hotel. And I was like, what? And I thought, I've got a birthday coming up. What is this? <laughs> so I go over there, and it's John, it's John Malkovich. Uh, and uh, I, I explain. He said, so what is this? I said, um, and I was very aware. I'm in a room with John Malkovich. This is, this is my opportunity to work with him, and I, I'm about to say this. Well, we're going to be in a bathtub, and I'm going to bathe you and ask you questions. Uh, it'll be like uh, <laughs> Charlie video. Rose, except a, instead of a wooden table, uh, it's a bath, as though talk shows are done. We'll never talk about the fact that I'm bathing you, and I'll just ask you questions. And he went, okay. And I went, um, <laughs> let me say it again. I want to have said it again. Because uh, eventually I would be bathing you, and I don't want to bathe you and have you go, I am, why are you bathing me? And I explained it again. He goes, yeah, I'll do it. And he showed up. We shot it at a Carrie Fisher's house. Yes, that Carrie Fisher. Uh, <laughs> come full fuck. circle. I didn't. I did not. And, uh, and the bathroom was actually, if there was ever a bathroom where they should shoot a TV show, it had like a big floor room for cameras, and there was a piano on the side. If you <laughs> wanted to have Paul Schaefer, Paul Schaefer, if we ever did. But anyway, we shot it. Uh, it we... You know, we shot for about an hour. We cut it down to about two minutes, and it's so weird. And I didn't even understand. It's hilarious. I, like, I didn't. I was like, "Why is it funny?" It's not. And we shot a second one uh, with um, Richard Dreyfus. So a second one. Called me while I was driving. I almost drove off the four hundred five. Wow. Scared the shit out of me. Ted Richard Dreyfus. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> and and, and uh, he said, "I'd like to do the show." He goes, "Now I'm not going to take my shirt off." And I went, "Well, I got production problems." I'm going yeah. head to head. Right. With Why would he be in a bathtub without his shirt on? Yeah, I, that's exactly. I said, well, the whole thing is like it's, and um, uh, so we got him there. And uh, the the guy who I was working with, this guy Rob Cohen, said, um, the Jew. Uh, Rob <laughs> Cohen said, um, Rob Cohen said, let just uh, it's like it's like uh, porn. You get him, just get the girl to Tarzana and into the hotel room. We'll get the shirt off. <laughs> I don't even know what that meant. I don't even know what that meant. I have a feeling. So. We got there. Now, Dreyfus is there with his uh, wife and his daughter. Now, I'm in a bath with Richard Dreyfus between my legs. And his daughter and his wife are going, take your shirt off. He's like, I don't want to take my shirt off. And I just thought, well, this, if nothing else, is a unique moment. And it, the show was funnier than the first episode. But, I, but the show, but that show, I didn't, my, the, Rob, the, the, the other guy said, let's, let's just show it anyway. And I said, it's funny because we had all do you know he was he was he we had mashed potatoes and he was building mashed potatoes. Oh, you did a close all, encounter. Everything he that's did, great. everything we asked. I asked him to do a scene from Jaws, and it, I said, that's not a boating accent. I said, but that's not the way you did it. He goes, that's the way I did. It. I said, it's not as good. And we had all this great stuff. I said, you were good in the movie. It's, it's, this just sounds like yeah. you're some idiot in a bathtub. Do it, do it. And he was so funny. He was so game. But he did, had the shirt off. And I realized, oh, the whole thing is just, it's awkwardness. It's just complete awkwardness. And it just, I just thought, I want to do it one day. But it, it has to be two guys in a bath. I think Gilbert will do it with you. You know what? And that's the other thing is we realized that the show, that it can't be somebody who would do something oh, like that. Oh, it can't yeah, be somebody yeah. funny. Gilbert, first of all, Gilbert. I guess because you would never be invited to do something like that. 
That's yeah. an argument. You could go that uh, way. No, no, no. You know what? Well, well listen. Uh, well, you know, there, there too gets back to those how, like, in the airplane movies, yeah. uh, they, I think the studio said, oh, we'll hire a bunch of comedians. Yeah, that's why. That's and they it. said, that's no, right. we want, like, uh, these actors. Isn't it amazing how you, you're like, oh, Jesus, every cliche down the line is true. You just said that. Yeah. So one person even said, um, why don't you just um, put, like, soap suds all over him? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and right. I was like. Because that's why about underwear with hearts on it. They're like, yeah, right, yeah, funny underwear. Play it funny. I'm like, oh, so God. if we come to your apartment, there is uh, there is footage of uh, you in the bathtub with Richard. Yeah, Kite yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. Well, okay. That's listen, that's invitation only. Okay, stuff. but right. I do want to I do want to do the show. They wanted they they still ask about it. They want to do it. I, I, there's a way that I want to do it, and like you know, but the dream guest is like Kissinger. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> uh, you know who was going to do it, and I'm saying this to shame him because he backed out. Was um, uh, oh, uh, oh shit! Why am I giving satanic verses? Uh, uh, Salman uh, Rushdie. Salman Rushdie is the nicest guy in the world, and uh, and a friend of Carrie Fisher's. Yes, that Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Who are you fuck? Uh, I did not. Uh, but Salman Rushdie. <laughs> Jennifer yes. Aniston. Salman Rushdie, but not the one you're thinking of. Did the did, the <laughs> he was going to do it? Did you fuck Mama Cat? You're not interested that I was going to bathe Salman Rushdie? Is I that this kind of show? Fuck. Did don't you mention fuck writers. Cash? Oh God. Cass's ass. That's what he used to call. <laughs> you going to the Cass party? Did yes. You, did you like an go, awning? Did you? It was go like a. Down. Way, it was like a. Uh, did you ever go down on Thelma Ritter? Yeah, and you know what? That's why it was like a parking garage down there. <laughs> I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug bathing with Bierko. Look for it online. It's brilliant. And uh, and I hope you do another one. Thank you so much. Thank you. Did Wheezy from the Jeffersons ever blow you? <laughs> well. Define ever. And that's gold. You want to cut it there? You want to do oh, a little... Oh, God. Come on. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to do what we should have done an hour ago. Wrap this episode up. There's so much we could talk to you about. Do you ever walk around and go, this interests me, because when I turned 50... Which is, <laughs> but do you ever walk around... Like, I remember okay. looking at uh, people when they were like, I don't know, 75. I go... Why don't people, like, do you ever walk around, as I get older, I think, oh, if I, now I'm the age where if, if I have a heart attack, people would be disappointed. They go, oh, oh but yeah. don't be surprised. No one would be surprised. Like a heart attack. Like the older you get, and then it's like, oh, it's, well, he was 50. Listen, you know, he, he must not have been taken care of. Maybe he got a little, do you know what I mean? Like the older, do, do, do you, you have know that, like, this? I just, I, how do 80-year-old people walk around going, Jesus, <laughs> I, <laughs> or just go, <gasps> I, I, <gasps> What's that? What's that? What's that? Is this it? Is this it? It's, it's like, kind of you like when, when you watch comedians get older, like when the three stooges would oh. slap each other. And easy, you go, easy. Oh, Jesus, yeah. you're going to hurt him. Yeah. I he's, broke my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Curly already they had a poking stroke. each other with their wrists. Yes, my God, fellow, hitting him. You're stabbing me with your yeah. wrist. Uh, also, my friend, you have a charity that is uh, very close to your heart. Yes. you'd like to talk about. Yes. Great choice of words. The uh, pioneers of the first infant heart transplant, baby and baby, baby with the bubble and the baboon heart, all that. Really, that was that was Loma Linda University Children's Hospital, and I visited there. Amazing people, and I just want to give them a plug because they sure. they have they 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 don't ever turn away a child in need, and they you know they can always use uh, the money. So if you want to text uh, kids K I D S at two seven seven two two. 
they will deduct uh, $10 from your phone bill, and it will go straight. All that money goes to keeping Loma Linda University Children's Hospital open. And uh, they're amazing people. Please do that. Terrific. Loma Linda Children's Hospital. Kids 27722. All right, then. What's your favorite gag in airplane? And then I'll ask Gilbert. Uh, favorite physical gag or line? Uh, that's a tough one. I don't, I, I don't know. I'll, I'd say one, and then on the train, I'd go, fuck! Pick one. <laughs> Why didn't it's the guy waiting in the cab? Why was it just the guy waiting in the cab? I should have said that. What kind of idiot says, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I don't remember. I remember watching the movie. I remember like very clearly, like I, I remember watching it and I couldn't breathe. And I remember I've never seen a movie where I'm laughing so hard I can't breathe. Like this is, I, this is the way people sound like on those comp, like 2000 year old man when the, when, when it sounds like women, oh, yes. women are laughing like they're being stabbed. Yes. You can't tell the yes. people. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that kind of and, nobody laughs oh, like you that. You know, anymore. you know, and that's another thing. Getting back to how they wanted to hire comics instead, of, it's like they hired Leslie Nielsen, who would right. make those kind of movies yes. in his day. And then Leslie Nielsen started to realize he was funny, and then he should and never then, be doing those. Bit. And yeah, they, they kind of like when they did scary, they did the scary movies. Like I, these were the guys, or, or David Zucker, and I was like. Why are you hiring anybody that's funny? Like, yeah. I was mainly known for stuff that was so. So, it, I, I maybe there was an argument for like nobody, you know, nobody watched any of the yeah. TV shows and they saw Cinderella. Man, so you can do this, but they had funny like people who were known for oh, being yeah. funny, and I just thought, or the guest stars, you know, like the, the, the people who were like you know visual jokes, you know, and I just thought, you know, who I like, who's an amazingly funny person, like Chris Elliott. I yes. just thought hilarious. But he shouldn't be in the because you, the you, minute know, you see him, he's you know funny. he's funny. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Why we're okay. we're angry about this though? Yeah, we got angry. I, uh, <laughs> uh, we're we're talking to someone uh, today. This is Gilbert Gottfried, <laughs> and Christ. this is shut the fuck up. This is Gil- I want to end the show so badly. <laughs> I'm yet. Gilbert Gottfried. And this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. We've been talking to someone who fucked Carrie Fisher. No, <laughs> yes. I didn't fuck Carrie Fisher. Oh, you blew Eddie Fisher. No, I went fishing <laughs> with Eddie Bracken. Is it Bracken? Eddie Bracken. Eddie Bracken. Yeah, that's yes, it. And you Eddie heard Bracken. it. You that, mangled it up and scrambled I'm it and made so it dirty. Sorry. Don't be potty funny. Nobody <laughs> needs you to work blue. You, why do you just be you? People like you. They want to meet you. There's nothing in there. Would you He's like to say the guest name? Okay. <laughs> Uh, Craig Bierko, yeah, who is ashamed of his Jewish heritage. Now, come on, that's not incorrect. Come on. Thank you, Craig, for for doing the show. It's your mother who was ashamed of her Jewish heritage. My mother's going to be ashamed of everything after this. I hope she doesn't hear this. Oh, God. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it. On the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash wait for it comedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you.
A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.